Hi listeners, Kate here. In this bonus episode, Ivy and Dr. Tyrone Howard chat about the experiences of teaching in urban schools and the particular needs students, families, and educators face in urban schools. Enjoy. We know that you're currently Associate Dean for Equity and Inclusion at UCLA and also a professor in the Urban Schooling Division. And we're seeing different colleges around the country now are having Urban Schooling Divisions in the graduate schools of education a lot, whether they're pre-service or in-service returning. What tools are they walking away with once they complete their studies in a department like urban schooling? Great question. I think we are now becoming much more comfortable with the understanding that all teaching is not created equal. And that if you teach in a middle class to upper middle class school, the preparation that you need for that school is vastly different for teaching in an urban school, low-income neighborhood. And I think for years, we've kind of had this one-size-fits-all approach to preparing folks to teach. Mm -hmm. And that no longer fits because what we've seen is high teacher turnover in urban districts. And I believe that that high teacher turnover is tied to the fact that many teachers are just not equipped to Mm -hmm. be able to walk into an urban school and an urban neighborhood and understand some of the challenges that comes with that work. So for us, it's about naming structural inequality. For us in urban school, it's also about understanding the history of racism and sexism and and the way that homophobia and patriarchy have played out and how people have gotten opportunities and not gotten opportunity. For us, it's about understanding the history of redlining and how Mm -hmm. redlining has Mm -hmm. denied opportunities to wealth for certain populations. For us, it's about understanding the social-emotional needs that students have based on the way that structural inequalities have created situations where folks have been mired in generational poverty. To me, you cannot walk into a school Mm -hmm. in an urban community without understanding those larger structural factors. Because if you don't, you can easily subscribe to some deficit thinking, thinking that Mm -hmm. these people are pathological. These people don't admire work ethic. These people don't, you know, don't admire education. So you have to understand the history of education and who's been given access to it, how people of color historically were denied access to education, how women were Mm -hmm. were denied access Mm -hmm. to education. If we think that the remnants of those structures have disappeared, we're fooling ourselves. And so that's why I say teaching is never neutral. Paulo Fetti talked about the fact that teaching is a political act. And that political act requires that if you go into that neighborhood, you must understand the history the circumstances and all the residual resi- all the residual effects of what still shapes what happens in neighborhoods, schools, and families who are in them. So we are very intentional about the fact that this work is political. We're very intentional that you can't be neutral if you do this work. And we're very intentional that you have to understand issues around race and gender and class and all these different factors that shape the very ways that young people are trying to become humanized in today's society. And I think there is great importance for that. I would very much agree with that. I know when I just think about my own schooling um, years ago when I walked into the teaching profession, I was not prepared mm-hmm. for the urban school that mm-hmm. I walked in to teach. And even though I'm African American, and I've shared this with, with other colleagues before, I went into there with, with still a very vastly different cultural mindset mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the families that I was serving mm-hmm. and, and the students mm-hmm. that I was serving. And um, I needed a wake-up call. That's right. That's right. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I, that was the same thing for me. I was an African-American man uh-huh. teaching in the same community that I had grown up in. I was not prepared. Mm-hmm. And I think what we do is we put a lot of emphasis on the content and on lesson planning, right. on unit planning, which right. is important. Mm-hmm. But I was not prepared for the out-of-school 
right. circumstances right. that shape what happens in schools. And so mm-hmm. if I, as a black man from mm-hmm. my community, mm-hmm. was woefully underprepared, I can only imagine what the white teacher who comes from a suburban community who comes mm-hmm. into that urban school, how her growth curve is even deeper because it's completely foreign to her. Right. Just like in some ways, well, it wasn't foreign to me, but I wasn't prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I would very much, it's very similar experience. Very unprepared, unfortunately. <laughs> but I mm-hmm. learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> I learned yep, a lot. Yep, yep. And I think it's important for folks of color to admit that. Yes. And to say that because the assumption is that folks of color who are teaching can walk into schools and automatically connect and understand how to meet the we needs. We assume it ourselves. That's right. right. And I think that's a big yeah. mistake. And so yeah. when I talk about cultural competence and racial awareness and understanding sociocultural realities, that's not just for the white teachers. Right. That's for all teachers right. because a right. lot of teachers of color can do just as much damage, if yes. not more damage damage yes. as white teachers can because there's oftentimes this assumption I did it, I figured so it out, so can right. you, and you need to figure it out on your own and I think that can be a damning message to send to young people. Thanks for listening to our bonus episode. If you haven't already check out the rest of Ivy and Dr. Howard's conversation in our season 3 episode 5. Thanks for listening.